It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors, we have a wonderful guest on hand. It is, of course, Alan Shane Lewis of the Great Canadian Baking Show, one of our absolute faves, maybe the biggest celebrity fan of the podcast, truly. It's, uh, or, or, or of the Raptors. I, yeah, biggest celebrity fan of the Raptors on the show today. That's your tease. We're going to talk about the early takeaways from the team. We're going to talk about the in-game experience. Alan was at a game this week and was scolded for chanting defense, which sounds like a problem. And we're also going to hand out the Dude of the Week, as we always do on a Friday. That's all coming up on today's episode of Lockdown Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on welcome to episode number 1275 of locked on raptors for friday november the 4th i am your host sean woodley you can find me on twitter at woodley sean where you can find the link to my Substack post touches which will have a brand new post up later on today uh and i've also been covering the raptors for nine years so uh thanks for joining if this is your first time here if you've been with me all nine years i'm sorry uh we <laughs> you can find me on twitter uh, sorry find the show at locked on raptors on twitter as well you can follow subscribe to rate and review the podcast wherever you get your shows in audio form and we're on youtube if you want to hit the big red subscribe button there and support the show that way it's much appreciated and uh thank you so much thanks as well to our friends over at prize picks who are bringing you today's episode it's daily fantasy sports made easy first time users can get a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on more on prize picks later prizepicks.com again that promo code is locked on and uh, before we dive in as well just want to express solidarity with the qp education workers who are striking today in ontario uh go get them uh boy (laughs) everything's great in this province (laughs) isn't it all right with that let's dive into today's show with the man you see there on your screen the man you just heard giggle there the man with the voice buttery more buttery that is than patisserie week it is alan (laughs) shane lewis alan how the hell are you man (laughs) i am doing so good Thank you so much for having me today. Really happy to have you back on the show. Uh, one of our faves, of course, the Great Canadian Baking Show. New season is c- close to wrapping up. Is that it? I'm a little behind. I, I still have some of the in the DVR waiting to be watched here, but it's pretty close to wrapping up, correct? Yeah. Uh, and don't tell the show, but I'm about uh, two episodes behind myself. So uh, <laughs> this, this is our secret. Uh, it's on CBC Gem, so I'll catch up one day and I'll, there I'll you go. them both out in, in, in an afternoon. <laughs> uh, that's the thing for me is I like to save the great Canadian baking show and all of its variants. Uh, of course, the Canadian one's the OG. Sorry, Paul Hollywood. But um, <laughs> I, I like to like save it for a time where I'm like, 
especially sad because yeah. there's very little that just like brings up the mood quite yeah. like watching baking show so uh thank you for always being there i guess in my times of most dire need uh <laughs> <laughs> anytime anytime <laughs> uh, well a team not in dire need of much right now is the toronto raptors alan your beloved toronto raptors we should probably dig into them a little bit here uh i, I just uh, you know it's early early days they've played eight games they play the mavericks tonight which should be a really fun game a good test of what the Raptors have been doing and what the Mavs have been doing, frankly, which has basically just been, Luca, carry us, please. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see. But, um, you know, 10th of the season done. The Raptors are 5-3. and three. They've won by 73 points combined over the last two games. You were at the game Monday when they uh, made Trey Young stare into the eyes of Satan uh, every <laughs> single time down the floor. <laughs> what are your sort of early impressions on the team? Like, eight games have your expectations changed at all have your sort of overall feelings of optimism or lack thereof changed at all through eight games what's your overall read through the first couple weeks here uh defense 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 i think they're really believing in themselves and clicking on all cylinders the way they kind of switch on all these picks the way they're uh uh uh, uh as a sh- keeping their shape on the de- on the defensive end, so like one person goes, the recover is looking really nice, and then the the third person's anticipating so so well. Um, one thing too, which going into the preseason, which I don't like to analyze preseason so much, was like the shooting. The shooting mm-hmm. looked horrible, looked very stagnant, and I was very scared about that going into the season. But mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these players are kind of adjusting. Like we're seeing Scotty Barnes pull up uh, step back threes in multiple <laughs> possessions and with sp- supreme confidence, and uh, it's looking great. And also Pascal Siakam, I'm ready for the campaign. I'm ready for uh, uh, supporting him for MVP. He was getting MVP chance uh, chance in game like what six or, or seven at yeah. home. It's like come on, I- I'm loving it. Uh, I'm and I'm also appreciating that ESPN is now giving us uh, some love early <laughs> in the season. Not waiting until it's like undeniable fact. Like it is already undeniable fact because it happened so early. But they're mm-hmm. not waiting until like April May to be like, well, you know what? They are fourth and third in the in the seedings. So we have to talk about them for one minute. They're talking about us early already. And uh, I somebody made a really good point online about Pascal Siakam. They're like uh, Pascal Siakam is is uh, leaps and bounds better than Chris Bosh. Mm-hmm. right now and mm-hmm. um the only reason why i think chris bosh is kind of holding that steadfast here because he was like probably higher up in the league because the league wasn't just as good uh yeah and so he was you look you look a lot better but i think this is the year where for me at least because i know a lot of other people have been like pascal's bosh and whatever i think this is the year where he just completely leaps frog him and mm-hmm. leaves him in the rearview mirror like not even a question undeniable you can't debate it it's just like no Pascal Siakam is a, a generational talent and he needs to get his flowers right now. And he and it just look what happens when he gets like a full off season to kind of work on things and we get to see him uh, do the Rico Hines runs and he, he mm-hmm. just feels so much better in him. He's become the best facilitator that he's ever been right now as well as just kind of the the emotional leader on the team. Yeah, he's been just ridiculous. And the Bosch Siakam thing is interesting. This year, I took a hiatus on my annual ranking every Raptor exercise, which is easily the biggest waste of time I'd indulge myself in every year. Um, But I, I, like, before stepping away from the outlet at which I usually would write this piece, I was kind of thinking about, all right, what am I going to do this year? How how are the rankings going to change? And I think I was ready to slot Siakam ahead of Bosch as of last year with the two all nbas with just like the playoff success hitting the clinching bucket in a finals clinching game kind of i feel like gives him a slight edge even if that 
doesn't encapsulate the whole sort of, you know, breadth of his career, I still think I would probably take Siakam right now. And at this point, it's just like not even a question. There's going to be an argument, I think, by the end of this season, if Siakam keeps on this pace, like, is this the best season a Raptors ever had? And as of right now, it is the best season a Raptors ever had over the course of one-tenth of the season, so you can't project it out. But he's been just incredible, and it's, it is fun to see people kind of starting to recognize. Everyone, go read the piece Jackson Frank wrote yesterday at SB Nation, by the way, um, digging into Pascal and how good he's been. That's a really, really good piece. Uh, Jackson, former guest of the podcast. So, um, yeah, he, he's been a total delight. Has there been a guy... You know, we all kind of, you know, hitch our wagons to the Siakam, Scotty, OG, Fred, like Trent, you know, the, the, the core guys. We all know this. Has there been a guy at sort of the back end of the roster who whose work you've enjoyed particularly so far this season? A guy maybe you're kind of, we all have these guys, right? Where yeah. it's like, I just want him to play. I know he's going to be good if he plays. <laughs> I was going to be a Justin Champagne guy before the season, but it maybe seems like that one's out. Uh, do you have a guy in sort of the back half of the roster who you've hitched your wagon to and think this guy needs to play? Um, I think, um, as I get older, it's so interesting to purchase jerseys of these players because I'm like, oh man, they're <laughs> a lot. I'm buying a child's work uniform. This is what I'm doing. I'm buying this kid who's like, this is his work uniform and I'm purchasing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got a Banton last year because like, I really mm. want to support the home, uh, home court kid. And, yep. uh, I know I'm kind of almost contradicting myself, but in preseason, uh, mm-hmm. just seeing how excitable he was and that pull up mid range that was looking so smooth and buttery that mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this 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 is the season I can I, I can see him being unlocked and being used in more uh, uh, possessions. And uh, I still I'm not done with Malachi Flynn, but I would love to see both of them just kind of build some type of camaraderie where they can play off each other and just execute mm-hmm. on these like. Uh, when they get the ball, pump fake drive, and then if the defense collapse, kick to the next guy, and that person does the same thing, and it's just constant movement. They know exactly where each other are. Um, so yeah, I, 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 you know, if they get that, that, um, give me a taste of that Freddie and uh, Delon, Delon Wright kind of era when that when the um, the bench mob was kind of going together. Like I'd love to see them kind of pull sure. something out like that because um, Banton is looking real nice. He's looking real nice, and uh, if he gets an opportunity, maybe if we don't play our starters, if we have well, if we have more opportunities like these games where we blow it out in thirty points within the fourth quarter, we'll get mm-hmm. to see a little bit more Banton. That maybe we'll see more Banton in the second and in the first, and you know, integrated well into the game and give some pressure off the rest of the guys. He's an easy dude to root for. Like, his style of play is super fun. I, you know, I think there's some things he needs to work on when it comes to just, like, he does this thing where he'll just, like, realize, oh, I could drive, but it's going to be hard. I'm just going to pass to the next guy. And, and, like, in the half court, it feels a little stagnant at times. But if he's going to hit threes like he did on Wednesday, where he hit three of three, I think, from outside against the Spurs, and he's going to obviously supercharge the transition attack. Like, there's certainly a role for him somewhere on this team. And he's very fun. I, I, uh... I'm with you on the Banton train, even if I, uh, I, for me, the guys, the guy for me is always going to be Thad Young, I think, this year. I love Thad Young. I like the olds. He's one of the guys on the team yeah. who's older than me, so I feel okay <laughs> if I were to buy his jersey. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> buy an old, old man Young jersey. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, so, yeah, that, that that's, uh, like... I just want to see Thad play with some of the good players on the team, right? Like, they, he kind of gets stuck in these weird lineups where it's, like, one starter, him, and a bunch of dudes. And, uh, like, just slot him in in place of Fred when he's hurt with the starters. And watch the beautiful elbow actions and cuts and dunks at the basket come together. He is so good at just, like, uh, slowing that pace down and tempering everyone to be like, okay, calm down. Relax. Mm-hmm. We got yeah. this. Now let's push the ball. Run our, run yeah. our offense. 
don't worry about it. Don't worry about what just happened here. Let's just get on the next stand. And then he plays really well defensively and he can hit down a three. So yeah. great to have some type of veteran leadership, uh, you know, on the team. We got our own um, guy from Miami, uh, Udonis, Udonis Haslam. Haslam. Yeah. <laughs> Keep him on the team until he's 45. Let's do it. <laughs> Salt and pepper wouldn't, and everything. <laughs> would not hate it. Yeah, Thad and Otto Porter. I really, really am rooting for like mm. dad core bench at some point here where those two guys can kind of just like, you know, be the adults in the room with the bench guys. That would be very fun to me. Uh, not fun, Alan, is getting scolded by rich people. We're going to come back on the other side and we're going to talk about your experience at the Raptors game on Monday against the Hawks. This is the reason I reached out to you to come on the show because I think talking about the in-game fan experience very much is pertinent to the interests of the people who might listen to this show and so we're gonna dive into that and, and why maybe it's uh gotten a little grim in the lower bowl at Scotiabank Arena we'll get to that in just one sec but first before we do that I want to tell you about our friends over at prize picks who are making daily fantasy sports fun easy accessible and all of that as I've said before I'm not much of a daily fantasy sports person it just doesn't really suit my interests all that much but prize picks makes it super fun and super easy you can put together an entry in 60 seconds or less all you got to do is pick two to five players and say whether they're going to get more or less than their projections and if you are correct you can win up to 10 times on any entry that is pretty freaking awesome you can also go cross sports so maybe you're a hockey head and a basketball fan and you want to get a little action on Paolo Ban and Caro are going and getting more than whatever his projection is for points and also saying that Austin Matthews on the Leafs is going to get more than his projection of goals. You can do that with prize picks. They have all sorts of sports, even stuff like cricket, Euro basketball, disc golf is there. Seriously, disc golf. I might just throw some uh, entries in for disc golf just for fun to say that I did. You can go and do that right now over at prizepicks.com. They get safe and fast withdrawals, currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada, <clears throat> excuse me, download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match when you use the promo code locked on up to $100. So you put in $100 and all of a sudden $100 appears in your account in addition to that $100 for you to play with. That is a great deal. You got to use the promo code locked on at sign up at prizepix.com for that instant deposit match up to $100. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we continue on here with your first listener of the day. Alan Shane Lewis from the Great Canadian Baking Show is along. And we're going to dig into uh, rich people making the games not fun now. Uh, you were there Monday, Alan. Mm -hmm. I saw you tweeting about this, just sort of the the upset nature of looking around and not really being surrounded by fans who care uh it's kind of the vibe <laughs> i was getting from your documentation of the evening against the hawks on monday and all told pretty fun game uh and I, I thought it was kind of interesting sort of to draw a contrast with a similar game i think a few years back that i was at uh the raptors and bucks 2014 15 early in that season the raptors are red hot and the bruno game comes along they blow the bucks up by like 46 and the entire second half the entire stadium is chanting for bruno to play his first nba game and it was awesome and that just did not seem like it was the case 
points in that Hawks game where they won by 30 and completely bludgeoned a pretty good team. Alan, what was your experience? Where were you sitting? Um, and like, how did the experience on Monday compare to experiences past? As of course, we know the prices of tickets are going up. The people who are going to games, it's a different group of people now. And uh, maybe, just maybe, we're verging on the Raptors becoming just the basketball version of the Toronto Maple Leafs, where everyone's sad and quiet the entire time they watch the game. Yeah, um, I've been I've been going to games for years. And it was always kind of electric. I always used to sit like, you know, mostly in the, the sprite zones and sometimes down below and just kind of sure. mix different times because I just didn't have the I couldn't afford it back then. And, and to a point where I just stopped going to Raptors games because like I just, you know, I was doing comedy and not making a lot going on. And I've, I've been very sure. privileged these past couple of years just because like, you know, the show and everything. So I can go see these games now and I'm checking them out. So I didn't mm-hmm. see the drastic shift as it happened. Uh, so now I've been just been sitting some, you know, different places in lower bowl. And I'm noticing that all the people that are around there aren't making noise anymore. I, it, it was right. very clear uh, during the playoffs when we played Philly and I, we're, we're saying defense and people are just like kind of just sitting like it's the opera and they have their hands <laughs> folded. I'm like, what's, what's going on? I'm like, they're going to pull out the little tiny binoc- binoculars and a sherry. And I'm like, come like, let's make some noise right now. Like, like this is the playoffs. Like I am 100 percent. Like I want this team to be big tent because those are good problems to have. I, I always encourage people. I, I don't believe in safeguarding fandoms. I don't believe in that. Yeah, I don't don't I don't think you should do that because that's intimidating to people who just kind of want in. You don't know where this person's fandom is going to be later on. Just let them enjoy it. I feel like that's that's great. And this is Toronto's team. I want Toronto to enjoy this. But uh, the deliberate attempt to kind of uh, price out their fans after that championship, uh, mm. it's it sucks because you can affect. Like, I know you can't really affect like what's kind of going on, but if you make enough noise, the team can feel that. That's ele- yeah. the electricity. You can feel that in the air. You know, shout out to like Portland Trailblazers, what being one of the loudest arenas in playoff time. We don't have that anymore. If you're if you're loud yeah. on defense, maybe the defense players or the uh, the other team can't call or hear their plays, and it kind of affects that. And it was just kind of sad to look around and like some people not even looking at the screens for the games or the the thing, just kind of whatever. Uh, those exclusive clubs are just there for that. Um, it just it it just hurts. It hurts that all the the kind of the core loud fans are just kind of stuck outside in Jurassic Park. And I don't want to deplete Jurassic Park. I want to include Jurassic Park. So I think there should some be some type of incentive to mm-hmm. one in every five seats down there is sold at a subsidized level that can bring in these type of fans because we need that. We need to hear yeah. uh, these people cheering for them. We need people to not uh, be gone for fifteen minutes after a halftime because they're in a club <laughs> drinking and not you know. Be, like if your if your seats are on TV, maybe you should be in your seat. Like maybe that should yeah. be something. <laughs> but it was it was wild, and I remember just ye- yelling. I was yelling defense every single time they brought back the defense. <laughs> Once that person was playing it, I was like defense. Okay, like, sure. I was like, yeah, they can hear that, you know. And the Let's Go Raptors, I took a I took a break here and there just to you know catch my breath. But um, sure. But still, like those pipes uh, don't stay buttery smooth but by accident, man. You gotta, uh, you gotta <laughs> pace yourself. Gotta exactly. <laughs> I lost my voice in the playoff series. I lost my voice in the first game. I was like, yeah! like all that stuff. <laughs> this <laughs> week on the technical challenge, <laughs> <laughs> I sound like one of those diner <laughs> waitresses, like more coffee, sugar. I was just like, that was my voice after all of that and i was like i'll do it again i'll do it again but i really hope mls esports kind of addresses this in some way i know they won't Mm -hmm. because uh, yeah capitalism and that's the way things kind of work you can't make 
uh, the same amount of money you made last year because that's failure for some reason. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just sad to see. And I really hope we don't become the Golden State Warriors where a bunch of tech bros have taken over the courts of like really proud Oaklandites who are come uh, Oaklandians. I don't even know. Um, mm -hmm. But because uh, I remember I, was, I, I did some a segment in Oakland uh, uh, where I was out there shooting. I was talking to the sound guy. The sound guy was a huge uh, Warriors fan. And that mm -hmm. was when I opened my eyes to like all of this, because for me, I was just like, man, Warriors fans online are just so Noxious, loud, whatever. He's like, those aren't us, man. Those aren't us. Yeah. I've been rocking with this team, you know, since the Mullen years. I'm like, uh, watching, he's like, watching this franchise kind of slowly slip away and become less and less accessible. I was like, oh yeah. my goodness. I'm like, those are the true people we don't talk about. The people who used to come to this team and support them for a very long time that are not even very long time, but just people who who, who have access to these games. Like at least yeah. the people who could, you know, uh, and it's 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 kind of sad they move the team from there. I don't know where the Toronto team can move. I feel like if yeah, don't worry. I feel like uh, if anything, you can rest easy knowing that the Toronto government won't figure out how to build a stadium somewhere that they can move the team. So yeah. you're good. Uh <laughs> I, I suppose I, I think we should move the team to Etobicoke as punishment. <laughs> there you go. Like you know, you can't just come uh, strolling over from King Street. You gotta like make a yeah. distance and a trek. Long Branch is now the new destination, baby. <laughs> yeah. You, you want to come to this game? Let's go. Let's see, let's see what's good. But um, yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's uh, it's sad. It hurt, but. And yeah, just seeing people beside me go like, "Why are you saying defense? Yeah, why are you? <laughs> why are you disturbing the art? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to, I have to ask you, Alan. You're a creative guy. I feel like we can brainstorm some solutions here. You came up with a reasonable one, which is just like subsidize some tickets and stop selling all of the lower bowl tickets as though it's uh, the Super Bowl, but. Uh, are there ways that we can like shame the Richies into being loud at these games? I know, like for Monday, the Raptor, bless the Raptor's heart, went and set a record for the most costume changes in a single game with I think twenty one. If that's not getting people juiced up, I don't know what is. But like, what what can we do here? How can we, as people, as people freely offering our D our ideas to MLSE, how can we? through game ops, through, again, shame and scorn and finger pointing through whatever, get these people in the lower bowls to uh, chant defense and stand up and be loud again, Alan. I, I do really miss the uh, the yeah. days where it was just uh, it was a madhouse in there. So let's we're brainstorming here. Let's come up with some solutions with, with some solutions. What you got? Uh, this, this might be maybe too far, but I'll, I think I like it. Uh, if we just have like a little shame cam. <laughs> yes <laughs> the jumbotron catches anybody who's just like straight up not paying attention during like some really good moments just like mm -hmm. put it up there like i know like, some people are gonna like how come i can't see the game it's like no you just see one person just going <laughs> and it's only lower bowl people people like yep. in, the, in the you know the ones the 20s right there who are just like just not even checked in or if it's like defense it's like just put a camera on them and saying like defense until the time till they say defense and just keep the camera zooming on them until they go oh yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah defense 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 you know just mm -hmm. just something i think it needs to be come from the uh, inside lovingly right so yeah yeah that's where maybe i like the idea of putting this will be expensive but they got the money from all the money they're making from selling these tickets for so much put little sensors in the seats right and <laughs> If at a certain point in the game, someone's not been in the seat because they're in the club drinking or whatever, and they've not been there for like 15 minutes, or you get to a certain point of the third quarter and people aren't sitting down, there's like a, they can go and just like fetch sickos from Jurassic Park 
and bring them in as seat fillers like it's yes. the Oscars, but they get squatters rights. So you can't get your seat back if you have left the seat. And so at the very least, second halves will be uh, loud and boisterous with a bunch of angry rich guys just kind of in the basement slugging away gin, gin and tonics. But um, I, I kind of like that. It, I feel like the shame cam is a pretty good one, though. Like, any way you can affect the... Is there a way we can affect the bottom line of these rich people, I suppose? I guess that's how you get rich people to do things, is you threaten their money. Yeah. Can we do that in some way? Some sort of, like, Robin Hood of the stands or something like that that's, like, going around sticking people up? I don't know. We're getting a kind of intense here, but, like, yeah. we got to have intense solutions to intense problems. Here's what you got to do. You have to have a fake... Um... What are those things called again? Uh, where you sign off uh, auction, fake auctions. Yeah. Where you get them to get them signatures, and then you go, "Ha ha! This is uh, a mortgage that you've uh, co-signed with me now." <laughs> and uh, we just keep doing that for different people over and over again, and we just dress up full Raptors gear, maybe even says Scotia Bank Arena on it, or mm -hmm. you know, and we just go around doing that to everybody that we think is like, mm, uh, you, mm -hmm. "You sitting up here right now? You look like you." Uh, are part of the one percent you you smell of old and new money at the same time let's <laughs> let's let's get this from you you know yeah then the rich people will take those new mortgages and become landlords and uh <laughs> it'll be terrible for everybody involved not I'm even raptors to... fans catching strays here now <laughs> Damn. oh man the city the city i forgot <laughs> yeah i just i don't know what it is it's probably far too far gone at this point i i you know, I I probably I haven't been to a game this year to cover with credentials. I'm I'm not in their building this year, but like I guess I I was at games for the last seven seasons, and I guess I I never really picked up on how stark the difference was from way back. But I think it really kind of sunk in watching like people leave with five minutes left to go in a game where you're beating the Hawks by thirty. Like that's a time for to be that's the time to do the wave it like yeah. get crazy like ha have a good time with that it's party time and that really sunk in like i've been to games early in the season where they've blown teams out and it was an absolute hoot like one of the most fun games I've ever been to was that bucks game with the bruno thing and it's a shame that that's not a thing that's happening now um bless those souls of those up in the upper bowl who still keep it going but yeah, the lower bowl Boy, it sucks. Uh, you know who doesn't suck is the dude of the week. We're going to get to the dude of the week coming up on the other side. I prepared Alan. I think Alan has introduced chaos to the, to the thing because I didn't really give all that much of an outline. I was like, just pick a dude of the week. And he's like, okay. And I have to live with the results of that. So we're going to come back in just a sec, get to that. But first, just a reminder, Locked On Leafs is available every day wherever you get your podcast. If you want to hear a podcast about a team that also has quiet fans, uh, Dave Morissuti and Mike DiStefano doing a great job on that show, covering the Leafs each and every day. Go check it out wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Alan. Uh, it's due to the week time. As people know, this used to be a segment that we would use after every Raptors game to hand out a dude of the game. It got very repetitive, and so we've made it into a lower usage player just on Fridays to close off the week on a nice high note, looking back at whoever was the best dude on the Raptors, or a dude just worthy of some sort of recognition, even if they weren't the best dude. Because if it's the best dude, we might just get Pascal Siakam each and every week, uh, which, Alan, I think, maybe, is what we have this week in store, Pascal so, Siakam. What, who's your dude of the week? 
So I have a, a dudette. Uh, it's a quartet of dudes. Okay. Uh, so number one, yes, Pascal Siakam. All the uh, fifth his fifth triple double just recently uh, posted. Who was it last night? Mm -hmm. uh, or it's the Spurs Wednesday. Uh, yeah, yeah, and just his, his absolute well playing this uh, the start this season defensively and offensively. I have to give him that. Yeah. Um, the second dude is not a Raptor yet, but he's going to be a Raptor. Is Shaq oh, Alexander? Hell um, yeah, we love he, it. <laughs> just playing like um, like two K basketball out there with like seventy percent from the field goal uh, in like one of his games. Like he is just getting to with the humps around him. It needs yeah. to be said he's playing with humps and uh, carrying all of said humps. He is just going off right now. Uh, another one is a, a future future Raptor, and this is uh, down the line. Ben <laughs> Matherin. I have to give him a shout out. Uh, Canadian, Canadian, uh, a basketball player. We're gonna bring him home. All right, we're gonna start that uh, that propaganda and campaign right now. And mm -hmm. then the last one, I, he's not gonna be a Raptor, but the fact that he was almost out the league and now he's kind of showing up is uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Mm. Uh, this guy was ready to play football. He was done. Yeah, and to see him come out in this uh, taking over for Lamelo. Uh, uh, just as, as an, an injured Lamelo, and seeing him kind of play and ball out again, uh, it's, it's always great. I always love a comeback story. Yeah, D Dennis Smith Jr. has been a super cool story, and uh, you know, you mentioned not a Raptor, but like there are some. It's not the same as Kyle Lowry because Kyle Lowry never like was out of the league and entertaining to be a running back, but he he did kind of float around and have his many years in the wind before he kind of got on the tracks with the Raptors. And hey, if Dennis Smith Jr. can go and do the thing now, that's uh that's the kind of dude I always root for. Uh, you know, honestly, Pascal Siakam is kind of in there as well with the sort of downturns. It's obviously not the same track. No one has the same track, but guys who go through it and figure it out, some of my favorite guys in the league for sure. Uh, back to Pascal, doodly play of the week. Of course, we hand this out. It's the most illustrious award there is. Uh, do you have a doodly play of the week from Pascal? One play that kind of stands out in your mind as, oh yeah, that's the one. Yes, it was a second half of the Spurs game where he came down. can't remember who he bodied, but he gave them just like a little bit of herky jerk, threw his shoulder into them, spun around, easy little uh, oh, yeah. scoop to the basket off the glass. And I was like, oh, He's the hungry. drop step is just yeah. crazy. Yeah, Ooh, he covers so much ground with that. He's like from the three point line all all the way right into like the restricted area uh, on a layup. So uh, he's looking really nice out there. And I love how tricky he is this year. It's, it's yeah. a lot more tricky than previous years because now you actually have to like if he steps back, you have to give him that because now he's pulling up on that. Uh, yeah. So with consistent uh, with consistency. So, yeah, Oof, that Spurs game was it was a masterclass in entertainment. I really, really like that. Uh, I had a Dude of the Week nominee as well. Of course, we see to the guest to come up with the true Dude of the Week. So Pascal wins his second straight Dude of the Week. Totally Ooh. earned. Uh, I do want to hand out some love and flowers to OG Ananobi, though. I feel like because he's not scoring, maybe it's like, oh, he's not scoring. Well, don't care. He's playing defense like... Uh, I think unlike any Raptor I've ever seen before, uh, he's doing like the prime Kawhi thing where he's just taking cookies from people nonstop. And I think my doodly play of the week for, for OG would be that one steal on, I guess it was like the right wing in that Hawks game. You were there. Uh, mm. Let's just get dig into that. He had six steals in that game you were yeah. at. There was that one, I, I think it was on DeAndre Hunter, DeJounte Murray, one of the two. Um, and it was, uh, you know, just kind of, 
a couple of second efforts get him the steal. He also blocked a Trey Young three in the corner, which might be the doodly play of the week for me, actually. Um, but what was it like watching OG just dismantle the Hawks offense on uh, on Monday in person? It was it was crazy. It was just like this blanket of six nine just coming at Trey Young and like anticipating every single exit pass. Uh, to the point where even like Christian Coloco is now on that kind of tip too. Like that's and um, it, and who else too? Uh, um, Chris Boucher, Chris Boucher stealing, yeah. going coast to coast. Like they yeah. are responding so well. They're reading everything. They're going. He's there. He's there. I got to be over there. So I'm gonna wait right here. Make sure like you know that same kind of defensive thing because that, that was one thing uh, when I played basketball. I love mm-hmm. defense. I was always like, okay, who, like my coach would be like, okay, who, this is the person from the team that you got to watch. You know, I used to guard Nick Wiggins every time we played like Vaughn and stuff like that. <laughs> and I, I love a good defense. I love a, I love being at the top of a 2-3 zone because you get to anticipate and steal and get those easy cookie layups. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just seeing the Raptors kind of truly I- embrace that defensively and really trust each other uh, in a way that, you know, we've seen shades of it last year. We've seen shades of it before, but it's just nice to see like, even in the games that we're losing, it's there. Even like it's just yeah. like th- there is the bedrock that we have that's going to help us and propel us into uh, winning games and helping us to, to stay competitive in the beginning of the third and fourth quarters. So it's where you really need it after the adjustments are set and done. And um, it's great to see. Yeah, it's uh, like th- they clearly have, I think, narrowed their focus as to where they want to kind of. Like, this is a team that's all about the extremes, right? You know, we're going to be the biggest offensive rebounding team you've ever seen last season. We're going to run more than anybody else you've ever seen this season. And I think the extremes they've narrowed in on, which are running more than everybody else, scoring more efficiently than everybody else on the run, (laughs) which is probably the biggest improvement year to year. It's just like they're not booting it away on the run anymore. They're actually converting those steals into stuff. Um, And, and, you know, I I lost my train of thought. But, like, that stuff, it's just they are... Well, I totally lost my train of thought. I'm just too caught up thinking about the, I got the, the 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 vapors from thinking about the Raptors defense. Man. Uh, <laughs> Good lord, the Raptors are playing yeah. some defense. It's crazy. Yeah, the, the, the extremes they've narrowed in on are, are, I think, pretty good ones to have focused in and i'm pretty excited to see how uh, things transpire especially as they play teams that are a little bit more equipped to stop them than like the spurs were and honestly i think the hawks are kind of butt um but that's just besides the point last one here for you alan uh the eastern conference you know we kind of knew it was tough coming in are there any teams who you've had like your opinions alter or like changed on drastically over the first couple weeks that you think are maybe less serious more serious than you gave them credit for before the year yeah um i think the paces are going to be really sweet in like three to four years yeah Uh, that team tyrese halliburton man that dude rocks oh yeah that's gonna be a real problem in the eastern conference when all those all those guys kind of get into their prime and start like clicking because they're starting to get an identity mm. and uh it's just like next man down and there's just constant ball movement and a lot of threes and good defense too as well it should be um, said you're a sicko for watching pacers basketball right now but <laughs> hey we, we all have our vices i gotta support my future rapper ben mather and once i heard that i was like yo this guy needs to be on the squad um and then well, i had one more oh i i on my on the extremely medium or mid-range show I talked about uh, my apologies. I had to apologize to Donovan Mitchell 
Mm. Uh, full Shaq meme. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't familiar <laughs> with the game. Because I, 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 I've, I've been on this weird tip of like, because I felt I felt like Don, uh, Devin Booker, this is years ago. I was like, Devin Booker is not getting the love that he gets. And he's better than mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell for X, Y, and Z reasons. Sure. I kept seeing Donovan Mitchell just kind of like missing defensive end and just shoot a whole bunch and just not like, I didn't understand why he was getting all that love. I'm like, because he dunks more. That's why he's getting it. And then mm-hmm. Do- uh, Devin Booker started getting the praise. I'm like, finally, seeing my boy. And then seeing Donovan Mitchell just like unlock himself and get his groove back in Cleveland, Ohio, of all places. Usually you go yeah. to the tropics for uh, to get your groove back. Um, <laughs> just seeing him ball out with Levert and just become a real superstar and like stick it to the nose of the Celtics. Just like, you're not going to stop me. No one's going to stop me. And like the way he's been just so aggressive going to the basket and his, his shot selection and his three point. Like it's um Maybe this is something he's been doing before, and I haven't been watching a lot of Utah games. I feel like I was mm. watching Utah games, but it's just nice to see it uh, really done well in um, with him, what he's doing over there in Cleveland right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it was always a thing for me with Gobert and Mitchell where I had a hard time like determining where their stank began or their stank ended and the jazz stank began. Like, it, it's like how do you separate them from the jazz stank and like the horrible mm-hmm. vibes they had down there? Um, obviously <laughs> it, but maybe wasn't Mitchell. I mean, Mitchell did <laughs> certainly add to the toxic vibes yeah. down there, you know, with his whole not trying in the playoffs thing. But uh, yeah, it, I'm glad to see the Cavs looking good. Cause I think Raptors Cavs over the next few years is going to be pretty Titanic. And I can't wait to see uh, these matchups kind of, you know, just stack up on one another and get a lot more sort of a sample of these two squaring off. By the way, Raptors only team to have beaten the Cavs this year. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, Alan, this was a delight, man. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll have to get you back on again soon. Yeah. yeah, where can people check out all your great stuff and where can people check out the Great Canadian Baking <coughs> Show, which is the greatest of stuff? Yes, you can watch Great Canadian Baking Show on CBC uh, uh, 8 p.m. on Sundays. Uh, we're running. We're, yeah, we're, as you were, we were saying earlier, season's about to close out. Uh, so keep watching. Uh, maybe there's more after that last episode. Who knows? Um, but also, uh, you can find me at the, the Alan Shane on Twitter, Alan Shane on Instagram, Shula's Lewis on Tick, and Shula's Lewis on Twitch. I say all that because I dropped a, um, a new show called uh, The Extremely Mid-Range Show, and it's a comedy <laughs> basketball show every two weeks, every Wednesday. We just had last episode uh, Wednesday, so the next one's going to be November 16th, and it's comedy, basketball, sketches. Um, interviews, all that fun stuff. So we just, I actually, I just I interviewed a SB Nation's Kofi Yaboa. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was uh, awesome and a privilege to me and him just nerded out about video games for like a little bit. I had to chop down the interview to <laughs> fit the show, but <laughs> we, were, we were going into some real old classic video games. I was like, I don't think I could talk to somebody else about this. This is something. That, <laughs> this was great to have this conversation. This was an outlet I didn't know I needed. Yeah. Can I have your number to just text you whatever I want now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but the Amon Mixtape video game. You want to talk about that right now? No, it's so cool. Everyone, go check it out. Alan. You're the best, man. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we'll have to get you back very, very soon. Uh, For me, find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can subscribe to my Substack. It's in my pinned tweet. You just go over there, subscribe to it. New post will be out this afternoon if you want to read that. As I try to wrestle with my feelings of intense optimism about the Raptors and trying to figure out where the optimism ends and the homerism comes in, it's hard to decide. Um, It's like separating the Mitchell and Gobert thing from the Jazz. It's it's very hard. There's no... uh, 
black and white in these situations. But either way, that's coming up later. Uh, we'll be back again on Monday. As usual, we'll break down the games against the Mavericks and the Bulls with our pal Vivek Jacob. Katie Heindel will be back next week, as you usually expect. Probably some fun guests worked in as well. And uh, in the meantime, please go find the show on YouTube. Subscribe there. Find us on your favorite podcast apps. Leave ratings, reviews, all that good stuff. It's much appreciated. And we'll talk to you again on Monday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.